This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. If you're struggling through the pains of alcohol or drug addiction or a mental health disorder, now's the time to seek the help that you need. Let this be an opportunity to get back on track and get back to finding the real you. You're not alone and Promises Behavioral Health is here and they can help. Now, we've worked with Promises for years. Uh, We know their teams personally. We have great relationships with them. Most importantly, we trust Promises and so can you. To learn more about Promises treatment options near you for you or your loved one, here's what you can do. You can go to promises.com slash sober guy, or you can just call 888-205-1890. That's promises.com slash sober guy or call 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that sober guy podcast. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramey. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Hope you're all doing well out there. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, I appreciate your support. Hope you're thriving in your life, doing well, having fun. Of course, having a sober mindset is often as much as possible. Got a great guest for you today. Uh, His name is Dan Carity. And uh, Dan began his career as a dancer and choreographer for artists like Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears. Uh, He then became a judge on So You Think You Can Dance and other talent shows uh, traveling around the world. Uh, He's also in recovery for alcohol. And since getting sober, he's gone back to work as a producer, uh, a judge for television, as well as hosting his own podcast called If I'm Being Honest. So make sure you subscribe to Dan's podcast. Make sure you check it out. We'll put all the links from everything today that we talk about in the show notes. And before I introduce Dan formally, uh, you can find all of our resources, uh, like our free 10-day guide to help jumpstart your life without alcohol. Uh, we also have a 30-day quit drinking dude challenge, 30 podcasts in 30 days. Uh, you can check out all those resources by going to thatsoberguy.com. And then, of course, follow us on Instagram at That Sober Guy Podcast. Uh, Dan, it's good to be with you today, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Great to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you, man. Thanks for having me. I, I got to tell you, while you're doing that intro, it's so cool to hear that song. Um, you know, I think I told you I, I, I've been listening to your podcast uh, since being in, in recovery. Um, and so, you know, I'm usually running or doing something while I'm listening to the podcast and actually hearing that and all of a sudden I'm the guest. I was like, oh man, this is very cool, bro. Very cool. That is, that's awesome, dude. Thanks for sharing that. I love it. I know it's it's crazy like when you're on different ends of the spectrum because I'm going to come on your show eventually too, I think, you know, and, and so yeah. we'll, I'll get that experience and I, I love it, man. And um, just just uh, since you brought it up too, that's humans. I don't know if you've listened to any of their music uh, before. My buddy Robbie, uh, he was... Uh, um, part of humans. It's just, it's, too, it's Robbie and um, uh, Peter, I think is the other guy's name. They're from Canada, but they have some great tracks, man. They have a, they have a lot of good music out there that, that you can find on any of the music platforms um, and just some good tunes. It's funny how music brings us to a time and a place too, huh? You feel, or a feeling that you get and yeah. you're in, you're in the business. I mean, you're very familiar with it. Um, what does music do for you? Let's just kick it off right and talk some music. <laughs> It, 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 it sets the mood. It yeah. sets the vibe, you know, and like for you, like that song humans, you said, yeah. um, 
you know, it gives you this feeling of, uh, that it, you know, it, it feels emotional. It feels kind of deep, but at the same time, it feels good. It feels uplifting. Yeah. Um, you know, and as it goes on, it vibes and, you know, it's just, it like, it touches on what, what your podcast feels like, you know, every yeah. time I listen to it and Love music it. is, um, music has played a huge part in my life. You know, I grew up to Broadway, uh, parents, um, so I was always around music and always loved it, um, even before I started dancing and stuff. Um, mm. And across the board, right? My parents listened to like show tunes and stuff. My my older brothers were into like heavy metal, and uh, <laughs> you know. And then I got more into like kind of hip hop and pop music and everything like right. that. Um, but it's always been a big part of my life uh, until, you know, maybe the last maybe six to eight years or so of uh, when I was using, when I was drinking, um, I stopped listening to music. Really? It, like, it did nothing for me anymore. It brought me no joy. I wasn't interested in searching for new stuff. Um, it had just kind of left my life. And I didn't even wow. realize it until I got sober. And when I got sober, even just driving in the car or when I'm hanging at home or whatever, all of a sudden I wanted music on again yeah. all the time. And it's like, I rediscovered my, my love for it and yeah. you know what it can just bring to your day in, in so many different ways. Dude, it's so, it's so awesome. Number one, I, I love that. And it's funny that we're, we're talking about this right now. Um, in the last couple of days, I had this thought or a couple of days ago about how music, um, it, it makes your spirit come alive. So sometimes when I'm in the world and I, and I struggle with this too, this battle between like flesh and spirit, there's something about music that makes the spirit wake up and feel and whether that's happiness, excited, sadness, I mean, go down the list of things, feel the spirit of God for, for me in church or outside, I mean, wherever it is. And then sometimes getting away from that. Um, and I think there's some parallels here with sobriety and with drinking, like for me, drinking killed my spirit. It literally subdued me into like this unconscious state, you know? And um, I don't know, do you, do you feel, do you feel like that? Like when we're, if we're talking about music or the parallels of that, even drinking, like there's definitely a parallel there. Don't you think? Absolutely. You know, it's, I never thought about it that way. Um, but I, I mean, I, I took away all the things that were special to me that were important to me that that just made me kind of who I am and like yeah. who who everybody thought or I shouldn't say thought who everybody knew me as I, I one by one I just plucked those things out of my life hmm. because of the drinking and you know the drinking just it stole everything from me um you know and to where I became sort of emotionless um you know I just kind of shuffled through my days um no real highs no real lows uh i just I, I just wasn't feeling much anymore and you know now maybe maybe music you know music would try to pull some feelings out of me yeah um uh, because it, it like you said all different types of feelings happy sad and everything in between it evokes an emotion yeah um like it or not and i i probably didn't like that too much because uh, i didn't want to feel you know? Yeah. So, uh, so that's, that's probably why I turned it off. Unfortunately. Yeah. I, I would, people would ask, you know, sometimes, oh, so you have a problem with alcohol. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like I, I drinking not definitely doesn't 
go well with me, but I actually have a bigger problem feeling because I hate feeling, you know? <laughs> and, and yeah, so that was the tool. And now it's like, man, I get to feel all this stuff. And some days sucks, man. Sometimes I'm pissed off or if I'm dealing with different emotions. Um, but man, I want to, I want to get into a little bit about your background. Like how, how'd you get into music? How'd you get into, um, dancing and, and, uh, becoming a choreographer for Justin Timberlake, different artists, um, you know, maybe, maybe take us back, like how, how you got into that. And then where did that progression go drinking? And then we'll, we'll talk about getting sober as well. Yeah, so my parents were both um, Broadway dancers uh, and performers. Um, so, uh, and when I was uh, somewhere around like fifth grade or something like that, they opened up a, a dance studio. Um, and so, you know, from the time I was a kid, I was always around dancing, around music and all of that. Um, and then with the studio open, I was I was in a, a, a wannabe athlete. You know, I played soccer, I played basketball, I played baseball, I did all that. And I was good, but I was... I was small, you know? Um, so it was just hobbies. It was fun. Um, but then I started dancing, uh, when I was probably 14 years old, 13, 14, something like that. And more just again, as a hobby, have fun with it. And, um, I did it all the way through high school. Um, and then when I went to college, um, my freshman year of college at Villanova, I went there thinking I was going to, uh, play soccer. Mm. Um, and I found out really fast that I wasn't as good as, as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I started to miss dancing and I didn't think I would, but all of a sudden I was, man, I, I, I want to dance again. I want to yeah. dance more. So I started finding different outlets to keep dancing. Um, and just started taking more and more classes everywhere I could. I ended up transferring to NYU so that I was back near New York. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, okay. so I was back in, in New York and, uh, taking class all the time, meeting people. And, you know, there was never this like intention of, okay, I want to be a dancer. I want to have a career in this. But at the same time, I was working really hard at it because I enjoyed it and I wanted to get better. Um, And near my senior year, um, a guy whose class I took all the time, he was choreographing a Broadway show called Footloose and offered me a job on the, uh, in the show. So found myself dancing on Broadway all of a sudden. Um, I did that for a short time. Then I went back to school so I could finish. And when I finished, um, a friend invited me to come out to LA and uh, give LA a shot as a dancer. And I figured, why not? Because I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with my life. And uh, so I went out there and I instantly started working. And I started dancing for Britney and um, did like music videos for Pink and um, like some commercials and things like that. And the ball just rolled really fast for me. And I got into choreography really quick and started choreographing for NSYNC um, and Jessica Simpson and Kylie Minogue and all these different people. And all of a sudden now I'm traveling the world and, and, and choreographing these people. And it was like, what the hell is happening? You know? Yeah. Sounds like it's happened so fast. <laughs> yeah. It, it all happened within a few years, wow. you know? Um, and then they started that show, So You Think You Can Dance, in the U.S. And uh, I had worked with the producers of that show on a different job that I was choreographing. So they called me, asked me if I wanted to be a part of the show, of course. Um, so I jumped right into that. And that led to the rest of my career. All of a sudden, I, I, I went from choreography into television. Hmm. And, um, and then the television gig took me all around Europe. It took me to Australia. It took me to Canada. 
and I was a judge on So You Think You Can Dance and then other shows like the Got Talent franchise and um, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And my career just kept going like that. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a, that's the quick glimpse that, you know, yeah. what happened with my career. Yeah, and it's funny how you you can't foresee a lot of that stuff. What you were doing is 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 making the next right decision in those times, which one thing led to this and that. And like you said, it happens really fast. It, we hear so, so often too, how um, people have dreams or aspirations to be in certain, um, you know, lines of business um, and just, for instance, down in LA. And it seems like some people, it happens really fast and some people just never, I don't know what make it is. I'll put that in quotes, but they never make it or whatever the hell that looks like. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wh why do you think it happened so fast for you? And is that, um, is that similar to how alcohol kind of took its place too? happened really fast? Yeah. Um, so, so as far as the career happening fast, um, you know, this is something I still kind of have a tug of war in, in my head with, um, how much did I deserve and how much was I lucky? I, I go through that all the time. Um, I worked really hard. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm told I'm a personable guy and I get along yeah. with people. Um, so, you know, just taking class and, and taking class constantly and, and, and working hard and making connections and getting to know people, um, that got me in the door, you know. And then once you're in the door, if you do your job well, it tends in that business, it tends to lead to other jobs. Yeah. And I did my job well, but I also, um, I have no problem saying, you know, I, I kind of like hooked my wheels onto, you know, a few other people who were rising stars in the business. Um, so they helped pull me along as well. And they were so busy, they couldn't do jobs. So they gave me jobs they didn't have time for. And then that just yeah. kind of led to other stuff. So I think a lot of it was hard work. I do think there's definitely a lot of luck in there right place, right time, Yeah, you know, met the right person who was willing to give me that leg up and, and help me. Um, but in, or huge. in order to get there though, you have to show up and you were showing up day in and day out. So you were putting in the work, you were showing up and I just want to, I just want to relate this maybe to somebody who's listening, who's going back and forth. Maybe you're struggling, drinking, whatever it is, marriage, like what, like <clears throat> whatever it is that we do, number one, we have to show up. It's not going to be easy all the time. And then number two, we got to put the work in. And and I've found in my own experience and Dan sharing it right now in his experience, like he did that. I, and, and I've done that in certain instances and we, and we both haven't done it perfect by any means, but like we show up and we do the work and things happen, things change, things can change. So I just wanted to kind of point that out because it's so, it's so good, man. It's a really good point that, um, you know, that, that you were making there. Yeah. And so where the drinking comes into play though, I mean, I was, um, I was a blackout drinker from day one. Mm. Right. So as soon as I started drinking in high school, um, it was all the way. Um, and I drank that way through high school and I drank that way through college. And I just developed this, that whole, you know, work hard, play hard yeah. mentality. Yeah. I like, I lived by it, you know, and I'm lucky I didn't suffer a lot of consequences from my drinking. Um, and I had the ability to wake up in the morning and shake off whatever I did the night before and get my ass back to the gym and back mm. to work. 
And so like, I think that was like a, it was a benefit, but it, it was also, it was a curse for me. Yeah. Right. Because I just kept explaining away my behavior with drinking and how much I drank um, by saying, well, I mean, I graduated college. My career is still doing well. Yeah. Now I'm making more money. Now I'm, now I'm on TV. Now I'm like, it's just, yeah. so like my career was going like this, my drinking went right along with it, but you couldn't tell me that it wasn't okay. You know, it's like, I really, I, I developed that total entitlement mm. complex. Like, why shouldn't I do this? I have every right to do this because it's not slowing me down in the least. Um, and I, 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 I kind of joke and always say like I was a disciplined drunk, right? Because I was drinking almost, if not to blackout, almost to blackout most nights. What did you um, drink? What did you used to drink? I'm just curious. Oh, geez. You know, I said it was Whatever. typical. Whatever I started with beer. Yeah. Um, I eventually went to like <clears throat> hard alcohol, vodka, Captain Morgan's, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, then when I started trying to date girls a little more seriously, then I switched to wine. <laughs> Because right? that's more <laughs> that's sophisticated, so right? Yeah. Yeah, so but I would drink such wine. absurd amounts of wine, you know, that it was like <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, but I had this ability to drink as much as I I wanted at night, and I'd still go to bed at a decent time. I was always good about that, and I'd still get up at six a.m. Yeah. hungover or not, and go to the gym and work out, and then go to work and it didn't affect me. Um, now in hindsight, when I look back, there are things I missed, right? There was networking opportunities and relationships that I chose not to develop because it didn't fit into my, my nightly routine. You know, it's like, I didn't want to go out if I wasn't going out with guys that really wanted to get after it like me, yeah. you know? And, so that certainly held me back. Um, how much I'll never know. Um, but I just, I allowed my drinking habits to increase. Um, I, basically on a, on a yearly basis, they just got worse and worse. And nobody could tell me that there was a problem with it. Um, yeah. And it was rare that someone did. But once in a while, someone would be like, bro, you were like out of control last mm. weekend or something like that. Yeah, but I was back at work Monday morning, so yeah. who cares, you know? And and yeah. that makes I, it, it so tough. Of, that make, that makes it so tough because you're it's just so easily uh, justifiable because oh, I'm taking care of business, like you said. I'm still going to the gym. I'm still going to work. What's the problem? I'm not. I'm not homeless. I haven't lost my job. I didn't get divorced. Like I didn't get 18 DUIs or whatever. You know, it's like yeah. so. Oh, cool. I got this. You know, and it's almost. It'd almost be easier if you just, uh, you know, had some more severe consequences in some senses, you know. Yeah, and and I'm 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 shocked that I didn't. Yeah. Right, because I, like I remember nights where I was working in London, and I got so drunk and I stumbled out of the club, and I lost my friends. I didn't know where I was staying. I didn't know how to get home, you know. And I'm roaming around London, lost. You know, it's like, you know, the unfortunate thing or fortunate, it's all how you look at it, I guess, is that I had enough money that I could stumble into a hotel mm. and just get a room and sober up in the room, you know, yeah. and that's what I would do. Um, you know, but it was certainly, I mean, the lifestyle was just, yeah, it was disgusting, but I thought 
you know, the, 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 so you think you can dance when that came along and suddenly I was on TV and now I was tasting a little bit of fame and people were recognizing me and all this. Oh God. Like the, the entitlement was off the charts at that point. Mm. Cause I was like, look at me, you know, I can yeah. do whatever I want. And, and thinking this is how stars live. This is what they do. You know, yeah. how do I know? <laughs> it's like, but I would, I would just <laughs> constantly ego, huh? explain it away like that. And, yeah. um, and I, I think one of the things that happened to me was, you know, I met my, my wife, um, who is still, you know, God bless her. She's still with me, uh, still married and a couple of kids now. But I met her when I was in the middle of, um, you know, my first years of So You Think You Can Dance. And she started calling out my excessive drinking right away. Mm. Um, and I was so manipulative um, and, and, and would explain to her why it was okay and why it would yeah. change when it had to change, when it was time to change. And I convinced her that when we would get married, married, um, it would change. I would cut back, you know, and I would point out all the things in my life and, and look what great shape I'm in and look at my job and look at this and look at that. Yeah. So I, she would believe me and, and I was convincing and we got married and nothing changed, you know? And then I promised her when we had kids, you know, then, because certainly I wouldn't do this in front of my kids mm. and we had kids and nothing changed. Yeah. It, in fact, it got worse. Um, and yeah, and then, I mean, if, if you don't mind me kind of moving ahead, please, my career and everything was at its peak. I was doing great. My drinking was off the charts. Um, I'm traveling to Europe two, three months out of the year for work as well. So I have an unhealthy amount of time on my own as well. Um, and then the pandemic hit and like everybody, it all got taken away from me. Right. So now I'm home, nowhere to go, no trips to go on, no TV shows to smile on and tell everybody how great I'm doing. I was home with my family, just a dad, not a choreographer, not a judge on TV, just a dad just a husband. And I, I didn't know what to make of it. Mm. Um, and I, I realized at that moment, like I had, I had built my entire self-worth and my identity around being that guy on TV. Yeah. That's who I was. I did not identify as a dad or a husband or whatever. Even though if you went to Instagram, I looked like the perfect dad. <laughs> I didn't identify as that guy. Wow. I identified as the judge on TV. And when that got taken away from me, I didn't know who I was. I was completely lost. Mm. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I just started drinking because I didn't want to think about it. And so what used to be, you know, maybe a couple of glasses of wine at lunch, but then my real habit got turned on at night. It started moving earlier and earlier and earlier in the day until halfway through the pandemic, I was drinking from the moment I woke up until the moment I went to bed and couldn't look at myself in the mirror. Didn't want to look at myself in the mirror. Didn't want to talk to my kids because I, I hated the way they were looking at me. Um, and it all fell apart. Yeah, man, dude, thanks for being so honest with that, dude. I know that, you know, that's, it's hard to, um, step out and and really be honest with ourselves about why we do things where we're at 
where how we feel how we see ourselves i mean that's um and i i just i i so relate with you too on the like the identity thing and the ego involved in that like feeling like i need to prove something to the world or i need to be somebody you know like in this like and that's and that's me now you know and that's that's all and then when like you said when that's when that gets stripped away or you realize of what's really important like our families <laughs> our wives our kids like it's like whoa all that means absolutely nothing if because if i don't have family and i and then we can go down the list on to health of course too and um being sober minded and man, dude, it's like, what's really important. And so I kind of wanted to go into some of that more just relationships, you know, with your wife, your family, and then with your kids, like, well, actually, wait a minute. I skipped ahead a little bit. What happened? Like, what was it that finally tipped and, and set it off where you said, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. So I, 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 I tried so hard to stop drinking. Like I, I, I tried every trick I could think of. And, it, you know, I fell into that every day. Tomorrow's going to be the day. Tomorrow's going to be. And I, I, I could not physically stop. And, and I was sick when I wasn't drinking. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a 24-7 drinker. Um, and one morning my daughter came in um, who, you know, <laughs> would basically held up the mirror to me, right? She mm. looked at me. She was nine years old at the time. And she just looked at me sideways and said, daddy, you don't, you don't look good. What's wrong with you? You know? And man, I promised myself I would not be that guy in front of my kids. I, you know, and now I was there, I was. And so I walked into the guest bedroom where, where my wife was at that time because she didn't even want to lay in bed with me anymore. Um, and I just walked in and I said, I, I give up. I, I need help. I got to go somewhere. Yeah. And so 48 hours later, I was in rehab. Huh. Wow. So it was, it was, you know, they say you got to go for yourself. Um, but my yeah. kids were certainly my, my motivating mm -hmm. factor. You know, yeah. my wife had asked me to do it for her multiple times and I wouldn't. Um, but my kids, my mm -hmm. daughter looking at me that way, I'll never forget that look. Um, yeah. And that, that sealed the deal for me. Yeah. So, so you went, um, you went to treatment, you, uh, um, best 31 days of my life. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Right. It was like, I walked in that door, like my life was over Yeah. and I'm never going to have fun again. And oh, yeah. it's over. And within three days I already was like, wow, I, this is better. Yeah. This is better, you know? And, and, every day was better and better. And when I walked out of there, I was like on cloud nine. You know? And that, that was about, as of now, about a year and a half ago, right? Roughly yeah. Around almost. There. Almost. Yeah. yeah. So, so how is that, um, how has that changed things like with, in your relationships back to the other question, like with your wife and then your kids, like, are you able to be much more present now? Like, what does that look like in your day to day? Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's night and day, right? It's, um, the bet, the best thing is my kids, they don't fully understand everything yet. They knew that daddy needed to go away to get healthy and all that kind of stuff, but we haven't explained it in its entirety yet. 
So my kids don't know exactly what was going on, but man, could they feel it. Mm. And right from the go, when I got home, there was just this different interaction with my kids because they, they, they knew it. They yeah. felt it. I was in the room with them, you know, and, and just loving having that time with them, whatever it was, car rides somewhere, sitting in the living room before they go to bed, praying with them. Um, my son loves to fish, you know, sitting on the dock with my son where I always took him to fish. And like I said, I would get that picture for Instagram. So everybody saw that I took my son fishing, mm. but I'd be on the other end of the dock drinking a couple of beers is what I would be doing. Wow. And now, you know, like getting out of rehab and going with him and <laughs> sitting on the dock and just talking to him, you know, and yeah. listening to him and him listening to me. Our relationship has done a 180. Um, not that it wasn't good before, but it's just, I mean, yeah. we we are in it together from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed yeah. and have fun and laugh and share. I share constantly with them and get them to share back with me um, and talk, really talk to me. Yeah. Um, and what I am for them, I mean, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm the dad that I always wanted to be, that I always wanted everyone to think I was. I'm that dad now. You know, it's cool. like I, I feel like super dad. I I, I want to do everything with them. You know, it's like I, I probably go overboard and do too a little too much for them sometimes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, well, they have to learn to entertain <laughs> themselves a bit. But I I, I want to do everything for them. I want it. I want to be in it with them. I don't have any problem with dropping whatever I'm doing no matter how important it is, work, whatever, I drop it for them now yeah. where I wouldn't have done that before. And, and as I said, the conversations we have and how much we've gotten to know each other is like, yeah, is awesome. You know? And my wife is, um, you know, this is going to, it's going to be a healing process. Um, I've been an alcoholic since we were together. So the 16 years we've been together, she's only known me one way. Um, so she has an interesting take on things. She's like, I feel like I'm either relearning or learning for the first time who you are. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, I love that guy. He's so much better than the other guy. Um, but it's just my reactions to things, you know, my take on things, it, everything, just my approach to anything is different. Um, when things go bad, my the way I let things roll off my back or whatever, like something as simple as that. I never did that before. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, everything just ate away at me and, and I wanted to explode. That guy's gone. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm honest with her and I share with her and we're, we're intimate in a way that we, we never were before because I, I, I wouldn't open up. You know, yeah. I always told her what I thought she needed to know. Uh, and then found my way out of the conversation as fast as I could, mm. you know, and, and we're, we're, we don't do that anymore. Um, so we're on a different level than, than we were. Um, we're in a fantastic place, but as I said, there's a lot of healing to do there because I yeah. lied to her about everything, you know, um, and it's going to take time to undo all of that. And for her to trust me every time I walk out that door and walk back in that door, you know, she still looks at me just, just to make sure, you <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, it's only been a year and a half. Right. So yeah, it's going to take time before she's always believing 
when I walk in that door that I'm yeah I'm sober dead. Well, I I was I was gonna say um, uh, when you had or when when you mentioned you know rehab and then coming home, like a lot of the time, or at least for me, like the thirty days was easy in a sense compared to coming home and having to reacclimate, like and not just me having to reacclimate, but my wife in particular, because my wife we have a lot of dude. I, I'm realizing in you sharing today too, and I know we we chatted on the phone a bit a, a couple of weeks back. We have a lot of in common in our stories. There's things that are very similar, even down to the ages of our kids. And um, it was the same, the same with Jess, like when she's known me, we've known each other since sixth grade, you know, and we didn't, we didn't get together until, until our early twenties, but like she knew me one way. And then when I got sober, it was like, I was trying to learn who the heck I was and she was trying to now learn who the heck I was. And then all these things. And I remember that first year being really difficult and being a lot. I mean, and there was a, there was a lot of great times too, because thank God I was sober. Like, and, and you, you described a lot of that, man, those moments of just listening and talking and spending time together and trying to see, like you see the world through a whole new lens, like, period. Well, because a lot of it was blurry a lot of the time before, like physically, <laughs> physically blurry. Um, um, but dude, it sounds like, you know, that that's, you know, that it, it takes time and, um, but y'all are working on it. And Jess and I, even I, I, I just had nine years on the 11th and we're still working on stuff till, till this day. I mean, and that's just marriage and man, just back to the original point, showing up and putting in the work. Like that's man, it's so huge in whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. What about? Or well, go ahead. Let, let me let you respond to that. I was going to get into fun thing real quick, but yeah, I love that when you when you relate that. You know, when I think of my what my career was and how I built my career and how you said showing up and putting in the work, but then as a dad and a husband, like I thought showing up and putting in the work was just being there. Yeah. Right. And and paying the bills and giving the rides when the rides needed to be had and doing all that. But like, I wasn't really helping anyone. You know, it was like, it's, I was so selfish, you know? And it's like, you, you don't, no one knows what I need. You know, it <laughs> yeah. was all about what I needed, That's it. you know? That's and and I, I focused on that so much. And so I would begrudgingly do so many of those dad or husband things. Yeah, like you, you have know? to do them. I have to yeah, do them. Yeah, like I had yeah. to do them and I was so freaking put upon yeah. in having to do them, you know? And and I now I realize how ridiculous that is, but then it's also the feeling of like, I want to show up <laughs> and do the work now. Yeah. I, you know, it's, and it feels good. And it's like, that's how when I, when I go to bed at night, I feel so great about what I did during the day, not work-wise, is it what I did for my kids that day? What I yeah. did for my wife that day? That's rewarding. You know, that's, and and that's where, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier about your self-worth and realizing who you are, like, that's who I want to be. Yeah, totally. You know, I want to be the guy who lays his head down at night and says, I yeah. did good for my family today. Yeah, you know, I, not, I don't. Not like I made this much money or. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't want it on my gravestone um, to say, he was a hard worker. <laughs> he died. <laughs> he died with a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all want to make you know good money and take care of yeah. our families. There's nothing wrong with that. But like at the end of the day, it really, it's not. Uh, Dude, 
before the pandemic, thing. I was making great money yeah. and I was miserable. Yeah. Miserable crazy? and isolated and by myself and not yeah. enjoying life. You know, yeah. I was so misguided. So Dan, one of the things I wanted to switch gears and get into a little bit, and I hear this from so many dudes out there. I experienced it myself. I'm sure you have as well is there's such a big fear that when we cut alcohol out of our lives, um, that we're not going to be able to have fun anymore. Like, how am I going to have fun? What am I going to do all because it's such, it, it revolves around everything when we're actively out there drinking. So like how, what did that look like for you? How do you have fun today? Do you have fun today? Like what, what, what would you say to a dude out there? who's like, doesn't know. Well, first of all, I mean, I have more fun today than I've had in the last 25 years of drinking. Um, the, uh, I had worked alcohol into every aspect of my life. Yeah. So whether I was sitting on my own couch watching a Yankee game or um, playing golf with the guys or going to dinner with my wife or honestly, as crazy as this sounds, I had found dads who like to have a couple of drinks with me at my son's baseball game. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we would tailgate the freaking kids little league you know (laughs) it was i I had literally found a way to work it into every aspect of my life so when i went to rehab i said okay fun's over yeah I'm, i'm gonna live the rest of my life sober for my kids and for my wife and i'm gonna do it for them but i no longer get to have fun and that was my attitude going in Um, and it has taken me, it has taken me some time to relearn how to do things. Like, I think one of the, I don't want to say scary, but one of the weirdest things I had to do was, you know, go out and golf with the guys again. Yeah. You know, we went out to drink and, oh yeah, play a little golf, you know? And now it was like, oh, I'm going out to actually golf you know, and talk to the people I'm with, you know? And, and I've realized, um, how much more fun I have with the guys. We, we make fun of each other and, you know, make fun of each other's swings and putts and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm actually paying attention to what's going on, you know, and I had gotten so caught up in always wondering if everybody else realized how much I was drinking or not, you know, and like make everyone think I'm pacing with them or really sneaking a couple others, you know, yeah. and like it, that's not fun. You know, and it was when I would sit at my son's game and have a couple drinks in the parking lot or whatever, I was always wondering, I wonder if anyone's judging us mm-hmm. right now. I hope they were judging us, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> they should have been. But, <laughs> you know, I was always so consumed with what are they thinking or whatever that yeah. I wasn't even enjoying having the drink. You know, it was like, I, I don't even know why I was doing it. Yeah. And so I, I had worked it into and thinking it was the fun way to do everything. And now all of a sudden you take the drinks out of it and I've gotten back happily to all the things. I go to my son's games, I golf, I go to sporting events, I go to parties again with my wife, which I was like the last thing I put on the list. Um, But I realized how much more fun I have because I'm actually talking to people and connecting with them and having like fun conversations. And like, there's all these people that I was so like anti before. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him, you know? 
And I've realized, oh no, he's actually a pretty cool guy. You know, it's like I was the I'm one getting, being the you know, asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's been <clears throat> the way I connect with the people around me now. It, it makes everything enjoyable. Do you, do you think um, that that's a product too of you getting to know, continuing to know, and knowing yourself? who you are and being confident and secure in the dad, the husband, the man that you are today. hundred percent. That, I mean, that's it because I had convinced myself that I was antisocial mm. and I, I believed it. Right. Um, and I made my wife believe it. And I realized now I'm not antisocial at all. I'll talk to anybody like here. I can't stop talking. You know, it's like <laughs> anybody I'm talking to, I'll keep talking and talking yeah. and because I want to share and I want to actually I care about what they have yeah. to say for the first time. And I'm interested in learning about them. And to your point about being comfortable, I, I know who I am and I like who I am. So That's I'm, good, I'm happy having a conversation about anything yeah. because I have nothing to hide. Yeah. You know, before it was like, if you asked me about my job and about work, blah, 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 blah. I go on forever, but ask me something real asked me how I felt about something or something about my kids, whatever. And it was like, how quick can I get out of this conversation? Mm. You know, cause yeah. I wasn't comfortable about talking about real stuff like that. And now I prefer to talk about that. Yeah. I, I love the, um, the freedom in finding the authentic self or at least, and I don't even like for me, I, I'm still learning stuff every day, which is awesome. Like I want to continue to learn. So I'm not like, Oh, I've found myself a hundred percent. Like I, I don't know. I do dumb shit still like on the daily. I say dumb things. I get mad. Like I also have a lot of time uh, to be present because I'm continuing to learn and change and grow. And I think that for anyone listening out there right now, who's like lost or you're just feeling like down or shitty or you don't know like the one of the biggest things of freedom dude and you just heard dan talk about it i'm talking about a little bit is finding out who you are what you're about like what what is um what drives you like why why do you why are we here like what are we doing what's our purpose on this planet like to do you know and there's a lot of freedom and i shouldn't even say finding it but like searching for it and pursuing it, I guess would be maybe a good way to put it. Like, do you feel like you're pursuing just like, um, bettering yourself, I guess in all aspects. Yeah. It's <clears throat> this, uh, I, I can't claim this as my own. Some guy said it in a meeting a couple of weeks ago. Um, he goes, I just, I'm so happy. The burden has been lifted uh. that I no longer have to drink that warm vodka under the passenger seat of my car. Ugh. Right. And like, like oh, I, I started Sounds... laughing yeah. because it was like, you, you carry that burden around and, and it rules your, your life of like, yeah. I need a drink. I need a drink. I need a drink. And it's, it's your every thought. Right. Yeah. And now with that gone, it's the day is like, what do I get to do today? What do I feel like doing today? Yeah. You know, and I've realized like I tried so hard for so long to, have, to put up this facade and not be judged and, and make people think I was cool and whatever it is. And I've realized like I'm a little bit of an idiot and I like that guy. Like it's <laughs> like I, I make stupid TikToks with my kids 
and whatever. And, and I, I'm genuinely enjoying doing it. Um, yeah. and, and also like, I'm trying to do things that I've never done before, you know, and I, I'm, I'm boxing oh, again. Nice. Like I'm, I'm doing these different things that I didn't have the guts to do before. Yeah. I hear you talking about this sometimes. I think it's with surfing. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> I, like, yeah. at 39, but, like, yeah. Yeah. But like, why not? Why not? You know? And, and it, and it's fun and you're not, I would have never tried something before that could have possibly made me look less yeah. than perfect. I, right? I, I think that's why so many people don't try shit because they don't want to look stupid. They don't want to fail. They're insecure. And yeah, a hundred percent. And so we, yeah. get, we, and, we stay stuck. Like, yeah. And it's like, now I, I don't care. Yeah. Why do we care? Like I'm not a boxer, you know? So if some guy puts me on my ass, like, so be it. I'm yeah. not supposed to be good. You know, like who cares? <laughs> you know? And it's like, even yeah. my daughter's a soccer player, you know, <laughs> and she asked me to go outside and play with her. And she's like, let's have a juggling contest. Like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I really was so insecure when I was heavily drinking that I didn't want to do that juggling contest because I didn't want to s- her to see me fail. Oh, wow. Right. <clears throat> how ridiculous you know and it, <laughs> yeah. like like my daughter cares if i can juggle a soccer ball but i was that deep and worried about what people thought about me you know and you know Dude. now i go out and i look like an idiot in yeah. the yard and you don't care I, and he loves that i'm out there juggling <clears throat> the ball with her you know i it's i like, got i got to share this with you just if you don't mind real quick because you just reminded me of a very you know this a same type of situation with my daughter um, one of the first days that we went out together in Newport beach to surf, like I was, you know, I had never surfed before. Same with my daughter. And so surfing is, I don't know if you've surfed before, but it's literally the hardest sport I've ever tried. Like <laughs> it's so damn hard. And so like we go, we, we kind of paddle out there. We, you know, get out there or whatever. And we're not like super far out there. And like, you know, when you're sitting and you're waiting for a wave to come, like you, you press up and you kind of straddle your board and you sit there. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, I didn't, so I'm trying, so I try to do this and my daughter's like five, 10 feet away from me and she's like sitting on her board and we're just kind of hanging out. We're having a nice time actually. And, um, and all of a sudden I, I do the whole like, Oh, Oh, Oh. And I, f- and I fall over and just eat shit and just roll over on the board. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I get up and normally like number one, to your point, I would have never went out there anyways when I was still drinking. Cause I would be afraid to look stupid and whatever. And I come up and I see my daughter like laughing a little bit. Right. And I see there's another like dude or dad over there and he's, he's kind of chuckling and pointing to, and, and what, what are you going to do? Like I had two choices right there. I could have gotten all pissed off and look, and I look stupid right now, but it's like, no, I don't have to do that. I, I could give two shits. I hopped back on. I made a joke about how dumb that must've looked to fall over and my, and we laughed together and we went on and, and we attempted uh, to surf for another hour or whatever and had fun. And she still reminds me of that shit till today. Hey dad, remember when you fell over on the board? <laughs> and it's like a funny thing, you know, but I'm, I'm just so grateful that like, I, I don't have to put up that front and be so insecure that I'm not willing to try new things because, you know, or out of fear, you know, it's so yeah. it's very freeing. Yeah. And I remember, I remember looking at other people who were free like that. Right. Mm. Who, you, you know, those people who are yeah. just like, they don't give a shit. They just, they let yeah. it all hang out and they're cool. And I remember being so envious of them mm. and not getting them at all. Like not 
remotely understanding how they could be like that, but just being like, man, I wish I could be a little more like that, yeah. you know? And, and now I am more like that, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> That's it's awesome. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so you still, you still travel a lot or uh, you're, you're traveling more for work. It sounds like, um, so I guess I could kind of tie this into two questions with travel and then, well, let me do this first. Let me back up. Um, staying fit exercise. It sounds like that's, a, you sound like you're a pretty athletic dude. Um, is that a big part of like, you know, cutting that alcohol out and not just that, but just this new lifestyle? Like, what does that look like for you? It's actually interesting for me because I was, you know, I was a dancer and everything. So obviously, um, you know, yeah. I, I was always, always in great shape. Yeah. Um, and then as I got older and stopped dancing, I was just in the gym all the time and I worked out a lot, but what used to be a, like a passion for me of being fit and, and feeling good turned into a way to mask my drinking, mm. right? So I would get up and go to the gym every morning at 6 a.m. because I was trying to sweat out what I drank the night before. Yeah. And I thought, I can't be an alcoholic, right? I still have a six pack and I'm in the gym <laughs> at 6 a.m. So I, I, yeah. I'm good, you know? And I used to convince myself and try to convince other people that same way. So working out turned into torture for me the last few years um, between like 2016 or 17 and then 2020. I was working out strictly to try to hide my addiction. I took all the fun and joy out of it. Um, since being sober, I'm loving uh, working out again because I'm doing different things. Now it's like I'll wake up in the morning and be like, I don't know. Do I feel like going to the gym or do I want to go for a run or, you know, yeah. or do I want to box again? Like I just started boxing and or different things. Like I'm just now I'm doing it again for the enjoyment. And yeah, I want to be, I want to be fit. You know, I like being the 45 year old decent shape, you know, um, yeah. and able to run around with my <laughs> kids. That's important to me, you know? So it is a big part of my life. Um, but for the right reasons now, it's just because it feels good. Um, yeah. that's why I do it. It feels good to, whether it's to go for a run or challenge myself in the gym or something like that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately I have gotten into a bad habit of eating too much ice cream. Um, but I'm like, I'm unapologetic about that right now. Oh, it's man. like, that's my treat. And I'm like, you know what, if that's going to be my thing, so be it. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump on, I'm going to jump on board your, your boat right now. And, <laughs> Just admit to the large bowl of brownie chocolate ice cream I ate last night while watching a Halloween show with the kids. Like, yeah, yeah. just crushed it. It was so damn good too. And I, and, you know, hey, I guess it is what it is. You know, I'll That's get to it, the man. And, you know, it's it's, and I'm okay. <laughs> and, but you know, it goes back to where you're coming from. I, I was so focused on making sure I stayed in shape that no one would question me yeah. right now. You know. And now, listen, if I have a tiny little bit of a gut because I eat too much ice cream, I don't care. <laughs> My wife certainly doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like, yeah. So what's the big deal? You yeah. know, I love it. Um, how's the, so how's, how's traveling? Uh, you know, you, you kind of mentioned to it earlier, you, you, you leave for a minute, you come, you have to come back home. Um, is that been difficult to stay uh, focused or do you, do you have like a routine that you, that you find that helps or? So I made sure, um, I, first of all, I was lucky when I got out of rehab, I did not have to jump back into travel right away. I had like a, 
six or eight month window before I went back on the road um, to make sure I was in the right mindset um, to get back on the road. But I was very, you know, certain that I wanted to do things different. So um, I'm trying not to have such a set routine, such a rigid routine, but actually try to enjoy being on the road a little bit. And instead of isolating in my hotel room or whatever, getting out, seeing where I am a little bit and enjoying my surroundings, which yeah. I never did before. So um, I stay in different hotels each time, um, you know, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm careful about not spending too much time on my own, careful about still, you know, having my morning routine, even, even if I'm completely jet lagged or whatever, you know, waking up, doing my breathing, my prayers, my meditation, going to the gym, making sure I'm still in the right space um, before yeah. I go to work, before I interact. Um, you know, all the things that used to create so much anxiety for me um, for with work and stuff like that, I make sure I'm in the right space before I step into that. So I'm just making sure I stay yeah. in that right place of what I need to do for myself every day, even yeah. when I'm on the road. Yeah. Um, do you, do yeah. you use any, um, meditation and prayer? Like, does that, is that something that helps to kind of ground you and just quiet anything to really quiet down the mind and just like be? Yeah. I, um, when I wake up in the morning, I try so hard not to go for my phone. Um, and I, I, I try to do a little bit of breathing and I say, sometimes it's two minutes, sometimes it goes 10 minutes, but I, you know, I pray. Um, yeah. and then, uh, sometimes I go to the gym first and meditate afterwards. Sometimes I'll meditate and then go to the gym. Um, the meditation thing, you know, it's like I, until, um, until it was explained to me that I, I you know, I thought I had to be good at it. Right. And I was, <laughs> it became such a frustrating yeah, thing totally. for me. Um, and because I was like, you know, my mind wanders, my mind wanders. Yeah. And then, um, this guy, Donnie Starkins, who I had on my podcast, he explained to me, he was like, dude, you, you just, everyone's mind wanders. Yeah, it's it's about recognizing it wandering and bringing it back. And I was like, yeah. Oh, well I do that all the time. And he was like, then you're not that bad at it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, actually kind of oh, good. Like, <laughs> I would just give up, uh, you know? Yeah. So now I've, I've, I've really um, made sure that I'm, I'm spending more time meditating and it, I really feel the difference. Yeah, totally. I really just <clears throat> feel at peace and, you know, ready to just kind of like ease into my day yeah uh it feels good and, and unbelievably sometimes i'll do it in the morning and i don't even turn to my phone i'm in like such a better Peaceful. place and i'm like oh, i'll just go make some coffee now and have some <laughs> breakfast or you know yeah. and it just it feels good it works i uh i really enjoy the sauna the sauna is a good uh spot you know 10 10 minutes in there just quiet and um just just sweat and just sitting there, it's just it, that. That's a good one after a workout, or sometimes if I'm just going to go sit in the spa or whatever, too, I'll sit in the spa and the sauna. And uh, I think it's just like we're so busy these days. Like, it, like everything is there's, you know, everything is going on, and I have to really be conscious of to like remind myself and be aware to like be quiet sometimes. Yeah. just like stop <laughs> like you don't have to be listening to a podcast or music or or something all the time because i i do you know it's easy to do that i'm on the go or doing this whatever um and the quietness man it 
man, it reset. It's like a reset, you know, it really does help to ground. Yeah. And you, you know, I would wake up in the morning for so long and think about, Oh God, I got to do this and this and this yeah. and this. And I would almost get like stress paralyzed. Right. It's like, I, I wouldn't do anything productively because I was already thinking ahead to the next thing I had to do or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so saying I don't have the 10 minutes to meditate is nonsense because if I'll take that 10 minutes and I'll calm my mind down and calm myself down, I'm that much more productive yep. with whatever I get into and, and better, yep. you know? So it's, it's so worth it. So worth it. Yeah. I, I, I have talked about this on the podcast too, but just walking, like just taking a, like a, like a 20 minute walk is that's a form for me of, of meditation in a sense. Like I'm just in the zone. I'm relaxed. Um, I'm really trying not to think, you know, I'm just trying to like listen and just be for a minute, you know, but I, I yeah. feel you on the, the sitting still sometimes is still a challenge. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. That's a, that's a tough one some days. Yeah. And that, that's why I, li I like that. You said like sometimes just going for a walk or whatever, because yeah. sometimes you need, almost like a distraction, you know, and yeah. the sitting isn't always the way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's like, I, I thought there were all these rules around meditation and they're not, yeah. you yeah, know, not. it was like, you, you don't have to be perfect. Pro yeah. Prog. That's the old saying, right? You probably heard it in rehab too, as I did progress, not perfection or the rooms or whatever. Yeah. We hear that often. Absolutely. Uh, man, this has been great, dude. I really appreciate you coming on, uh, hanging out today. It's been great to meet you, man. Um, anything you want to add, uh, before we wrap up today, any advice to someone out there struggling or, well, first I just, <clears throat> you know, I, I want to thank you for having me on. You've been a huge part of my recovery. I've been listening to you since, uh, since I got out of rehab. Um, awesome, man. so just, I appreciate everything you do with this podcast. Thank you. Um, you know, and for anybody out there, you know, it, it sounds, you know, it, it's, it, it's been said a thousand times. Um, but the biggest thing that helped helped me in the beginning, but also helps me to this day, not get overwhelmed with trying to stay sober is just that, that one day at a time. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, it, we all say it, um, you know, it's one of the first things you hear in the room, <clears throat> but it's the most true thing for me. Um, it's what gets me through and not, it allows me to not get overwhelmed and think that this thing is difficult, but actually I enjoy this thing this, this sober journey. Um, yeah. I enjoy it every day and, and look forward to what it's going to bring me the next day. So, yeah, it's awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I hope some spoke to you today. Uh, you can share the podcast with a friend. We'd love that. You can connect with us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. Uh, make sure if you want to check out Dan's work, you can go to dancarity.com. And then make sure you check out his podcast too, If I'm Being Honest. It's dancarity, if I'm being honest.com. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, all the major platforms. Love you guys. Thanks again. Peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean.